0: We have been in a series uh, for the last few weeks called If Then. Throughout scripture, um, there are multiple scriptures that say if we do this, then this will happen. If we do this, then God will do this. Now I want to ask you before I get started, has any of you been walking out some of the steps that we've taken over the last few weeks and has God fulfilled that word? Can anybody attest, anybody have testimony of God doing that over the last few weeks? If you have had that kind of impact, I want to hear about it. My staff wants to hear about it. We need encouragement. We overcome, now I can preach, we overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony. I think you will be surprised that if you will go back and look over the last few weeks, if you've been fulfilling the if. God has been fulfilling the then. But sometimes we need to just stop and look and see what he's doing so that we can now step into the next thing that we've got to face because we've got things we've got to face, don't we? Amen. Well, I usually give you a fun quote. Today I'm going to give you something a little bit different. Oh, guys, get off my computer. Justin, you just messed that all up. What do you see? Those of you that see white and gold need Jesus. Does anyone see a white and gold uh, dress? Okay, so, those of you that have no idea what I'm talking about, all last week, through Twitter, through social media, through Facebook, has been this dress, saying some see it white and gold, others see it blue and black, it's blue and black. But, if we would engage in the Word of God like we have engaged in this dress, this is the dumbest conversation ever. I have had it. I have been discussing it. There is no no point except to argue. That's all it is is one big fat argument. But as easy as it is for us to buy into something and to talk about it and to chew on it, to look at it and to show it to everybody, can you imagine what the earth would look like if we took the Word of God and applied this this passion to it? People would listen. People would hear. People would chew on it. We waste our time on stupid stuff And we leave out the important stuff. If then, if then, let's look at it right here. So I'm going to give you one point today. If you don't take away anything else, take this away. This is the point before I get to the if then scripture. God first, God filter. If there is some way that you can hang on to this for almost every moment of your life, God first, God filter. So last week we were looking at if if you abide in the word of God and I, I kind of gave the picture, I didn't kind of, I gave a picture of a map that if you had a map of Chicago needing to go to Soldier Field, but for some reason you didn't realize you were given a map of Detroit and it said Chicago on it, that no matter how hard you tried to get to that destination no matter what great effort you gave, no matter how much studying and how early you got up and how hard you worked, you would not reach that destination. There's no way if you had a map of Detroit trying to find a place in Chicago. Well, Elizabeth and I were talking this week just about this message and she said it was a good message. I got it, but what I didn't get is how do we know we have the right map? How can I know I'm following the right map? And of course, she knows, but just kind of had that question because I didn't go into it. So today, I want to ask you, do you have the right map and do you know how to get it? I want to rephrase it this way. Do you know how to abide? If the key to our breakthrough is in abiding in the Word, do you know how to abide? Is it messed up again? Oh, okay. How do I abide? Church, I want you to know that we can know that we have the right map. This is something that we can know. The Bible teaches us in John chapter 8, verse 31. John chapter 8, verse 31. I kind of think I lost connection when y'all messed me up back there. It probably was me, but we're going to blame it on them. Let's try it again. There we go. Um, okay. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. This is to all believers. If you consider yourself a Christ follower, if you say, I am a Christian, then if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. We have to abide. And from last week, I went into this a little bit in detail, but let me just say again abiding is to dwell, it's also to continue without fading. If we can continue in the word without fading, God first. Everybody say God first. Begin your day in the word of God. Now, you may say, Pastor, I just don't have any time. Okay, let's deal with that one. I found out this uh, Saturday morning that you can get up at 430 and start your day earlier. You can. We had to be in uh, Dalton, Georgia at 7.30 a.m. to a volleyball tournament. I don't understand why volleyball has to be played that early in the morning. It's indoors. It's lit. It's heated. It could easily have been done at lunchtime. But, glory to God, we got up at 4.30. You can get up 15 minutes earlier. I know you can because you do it for everything else. You can. I want you to know that 15 minutes will change your life. 15 minutes will change your life. It's my testimony. It has changed my life, and it continues to change my life. But what we do, my abiding and what I believe that that, uh, God shows us, and I'm going to show you that it comes first. Get up 15 minutes, go through my word, and now I've got it. It's in my heart. It's in my mind. It's in my belly. I've just ate on that word. So how do we continue without fading? In the car, I continue to chew on that word, that word that I read. I get to work, and before my meetings, I continue to chew on that word. I get to lunchtime, and I sit down, and I'm eating my meal, and I continue to chew on that word. Now, it's not 24-7. I don't do that 24-7. I have to engage with my family. I have to engage in my work. I have to engage in certain things through the day. But when I can slow down for a minute, I can abide in that word that I just read and chew on it. Now, Sarah, about this week, heard something on the radio and said, uh, they were talking about meditation, and she said, well, I thought meditation is bad. No, the world has made meditation bad. Meditation is good. Meditation means to ponder, to chew on it. So what we do in meditation is we take that word And we ponder on it all day. We chew on it and chew on it and and chew on it and swallow it back down and then bring it back up and chew on it. You know it says in the Old Testament about the law that it says to teach it to your kids. Teach it as you go to and from work. As you're going to and from school. As you're going to and from dinner. When you sit down to dinner and talk about it, talk about it then. What is that? That is continually abiding in the word. So, At nighttime, you sit down, maybe you add a scripture to it, maybe you don't, maybe you just chew on that continual word that you have, and then you lay down and go to bed. Let me tell you, a great way to get great sleep is to abide on the word. Do you know his word says that I'm supposed to have good rest? It's a good word to go to bed to. God, your word says I'm supposed to have good rest, so I'm going to chew on that for a little bit, and Lord, I'm expecting you to do what you said you would do. I want good rest, and it's a promise you gave me in Jesus' name. Give me good rest. All this other stuff that I've got, I expect it's going to be there when I get up in the morning. Nothing I can do about it while I'm asleep. So, Lord, I'm just going to give that to you. Go ahead and do your thing at night while I'm asleep with all my stuff. And if you want to fix stuff, that's fine. If not, I will get up and I will face that in the morning with you. But while I'm going to sleep, you can have it. Anybody say amen? Anybody here want good sleep? Okay, so that's the time that you say amen. Good preaching. That was good pastor everybody's for good sleep right okay so it says if you abide in my word if you give me your time and your effort to the word of God then look what it says it will happen in John 15 verse 7 if you abide in me and my words abide in you you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you what is a benefit to abiding in the word that we ask and we receive. You know what happens when you really start abiding in the Word of God? It affects your asking. Your asking starts to hit the target of of God's heart. Why? It says that He will give you the desires of your heart. You know what I believe that means? I believe that if we abide in His Word He starts to impart his desires into our heart, makes them our desires, so that when I ask for them, not am I just asking for my desires, I'm asking for his desires. And he can't wait to give me his desires. When I abide in the word, then my asking becomes effective. When I don't abide in my word, nothing gets answered right. In fact, it's all wrong. So if you're asking and not receiving, then we're probably hooked up messed up somewhere up here on our abiding so what's the answer God doesn't change who needs to change we do can you guys please just take a moment and say okay I may need to change doing the same things over and over and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity something has to change and that is me I have to change my asking becomes effective. So we have to start in the word, abide, and then ask. So let's look at asking. Matthew chapter 7, everybody knows this. I think many of us know this. Many, many of you know this. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. So if I can quickly, let's start with the first part. Asking. Do you know the kingdom of heaven is is, uh, an ask and receive kingdom? We speak, he responds. We speak, he responds. I ask, he answers. Right? So I have to ask. Okay, okay, pastor, I need to ask. What do we need to ask for? Good question. Number one, the Holy Spirit. We ask for the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 11 says, if, a, if, a dad, if, you ask, if, if an earthly child asks his dad for a piece of bread, would he give him a stone? If he asks for a, a fish, would he give him a snake? If he asks for an egg, would he give him a scorpion? Well, if our earthly fathers are evil and God, God the Father is not evil, he's perfect, won't he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? If you want the Holy Spirit, all you have to do is ask. But you have to ask. He gives freely to those who ask. So what do you need to do? Ask for the Holy Spirit. Why would we want to ask for the Holy Spirit? Good question. Do you know the Holy Spirit, one of his primary roles? It is to speak what the Father is saying to you. When we ask for the Holy Spirit and we receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit begins to communicate what the Father on the throne is saying to you. And you can hear it. I need need that. Does anybody need that word? So, what do we ask for? (laughs) The Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. Right now, right where you are, just say... Holy Spirit, fill me. Father, give me your Holy Spirit. Whoo! First service just went, just nothing. Second service, y'all are asking. I hear you. Give me help. And do you know if you asked, he gave it. Do you know he's the teacher? The Holy Spirit's the teacher. Do you know the Holy Spirit's the comforter? Yeah. What else do we ask for? Wisdom. James chapter one says to ask for wisdom and to expect to receive it. How many here needs wisdom? Do you know all you need to do is ask for it? And he'll give it and he won't make you feel stupid for asking. But you have to ask for it. Many of you guys, ladies, have challenges this week. Why not right now ask? Lord, give me wisdom in this decision I have. He's gonna give it. But finally, and there's many things to ask for, but these three things that I have for you today, the third thing to ask for is to ask for help. Ask for help. Don't drive off a cliff without yelling for help. So many times we go off a cliff and just crash and burn. That's dumb. Ask for help. God will give you that turn. God will give you that exit, or he'll put a parachute on you. But one thing I will promise you is that when you ask for help in that kind of a situation, He will give it. It says that He is our very present help in time of need. Are you in need? Right now, ask for help. Don't wait for an altar call. I might not give one. I mean, I will. But I might not. You might get a phone call and have to run out before I could give the altar call and you didn't ask for help. Ask for help now. Give me help, Lord. Give me help, Lord. Okay, ask. Second, seek. Matthew 6.33, one of my all-time favorite verses. But seek, everybody say it. First, thank you. I'll do better. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's our part. The next part is God's problem, not ours. We don't have to worry about the second part, even though the second part's the motivation for doing the first part. Our part is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? It said ask and it will be given to you. Seek and what? You'll find. So our part is to ask, it's to seek. Okay, seek the kingdom of God. What does that mean? Has anybody ever asked yourself that? It says for me to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What is that? What does that mean to seek the kingdom of God? Okay, how does the kingdom of God work? We know how the kingdom of America works. You drive 85 miles an hour drunk, you're going to get pulled over and get in all kinds of trouble. Right? That's how that kingdom works. You go out here and commit a crime, you're going to pay for the crime. You go out here and work hard and and give great effort, and have a great product, you're going you're to make money, and you're going to do great. The land of the free. That's how this works. How does the kingdom of God works? Well, the kingdom of God works, and so we got to find out what's the king's will? What's his desire? How does his rules follow? How do we follow his rules? What makes him happy? How do we fit in the kingdom of God? And I want you to know that God's will is right here. We can find God's will right here. If we abide in the word, we will know the will of God. We will know the the direction to go in. So seek first the kingdom of God. I believe it goes right back to abiding. Seek first the kingdom of God. What is His will? Ask for His Holy Spirit. He will show us what His will is. That manifest will. That direct word that you need. But one other way that the kingdom of God works is He speaks through His people. Listen to the teachers around you. Listen to the to the spiritual, strong Christian people around you. I get so many breakthroughs in my mind, in my life, in my marriage, in our family from you. There are so many sitting in here today that have so greatly impacted my life and have spoke directly from God to me through you. That's how God's kingdom works. Unfortunately, my personality is to push you away. And you know what the Lord said to me? That's not how my kingdom works. My kingdom works through my people. You push my people away, you push me away. And my kingdom will not work like that. And I had to change. It was dumb trying to do everything on my own. So, seek the kingdom of God. What else do we seek? Righteousness, thank you. What does that mean? It means making the right decision. There is a right move that you have in front of you. There is a right move. Now, we find that out by the Word. We find that out by the Holy Spirit. We find that out by other godly people. But you want, you want to know another way we find that out? is by our conscience. Do you know your conscience knows? If you're abiding in the Word, listen, you got to abide in the Word. you got to know God and His plan. If you're in the Word, your conscience is going to know what's right. But the hard part is you got to make that right move. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. You may face one of the most challenging questions or decisions in your life, and you know which one's right, but you may lose your job. You may lose whatever. You may lose everything. I want you to know this word right here tells me you won't. This word puts God on the hook for your provision, for your breakthrough, for your family. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. We have to make the right choice. If you make a wrong one, he's given us a way out. It's called repentance. It's called forgiveness. Come clean and get back on the, get back on the wagon. You fall off the wagon, get back on. Finally is knock. Everybody say Knock. You know what knocking is? I can't knock by by speaking. I have to physically do something. It is action. It is faith in action. I have to go beat on the door. I have to move. You have to move. Faith moves. If you move with Christ, you remember what it said, knock, and it will be. Okay, if you don't knock. It won't be opened. So what's your part? Knock. Now, you know, if I showed up at your house at 4.30 in the morning, and I'm like, hey, open up. Hey, open up. Y'all might call the law, but I would hope you wouldn't. Hey, it's Pastor Paul. Well, now you may really call the law. But do you know what you're going to do? You're going to open the door. You just are. The Word of God tells us if we knock, doors will open. The problem is we stand in front of a door and we don't do anything. We're just waiting for God to have an earthquake and the door just to open. No, God says knock. Knock. In Jesus' name, the breakthrough I'm praying for over my job. In Jesus' name, doors open. I'm knocking. I'm going. I'm moving. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to move. I'm in your word. I'm asking for wisdom and you're giving me some wild choices to make, and I'm going to go out here and I'm going to make them. And as I go out here and I make these decisions, you know what that is? That's knocking. And next thing you know, those doors are going to open for me because God said they would. You got closed doors? Start knocking. How do you knock? So, we've got to knock. You know what knocking is? Knocking is taking the word and doing. It says to be doers of the word. James 1.25 says that if we are doers, whoever looks intently into the perfect law and, that gives freedom and continues in it, whoever gets the word and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard. Don't, don't gain all this wisdom and, and knowledge in the spirit and then come to the, come to the point of action and not do it. If you will do it, they will be blessed in all that they do. You will be blessed in all that you do. Why wouldn't you do it? It starts with abiding. Everybody say abide. I want want to give you a couple examples. But the first one I want to start with is Elizabeth. And she has no idea I'm going to share this. And I didn't share this first service. But yesterday, while I was at this volleyball tournament, she fired a text at me saying... I'm giving up on statistics. I've been doing it all day, and I just can't have any breakthrough. It's just not working. So, well, you just said you were stopping for a moment. This is for dramatic effect. Okay, I'm gonna get to that. She was stopping, and she said, I'm gonna pray, and I want to ask you to agree with me that I can get this. Now, I I want you to know what she did right there. Number one, she abides in the word, she faced a challenge that she could not get over and finally stopped. Now, this is the God filter. And she says, Okay, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna ask for help. Now, her help came from her husband. Biblical. I'm not making a joke. That's biblical. She's going to someone who is not just gonna fill her foot full of hot air, that's just gonna say a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter. She's asking specifically, will you agree with me and pray for me? And I'm telling you, next thing you know, she told me later, I don't know what happened, but after that moment, things started to move. What happened? She knocked. She asked. She seeked. She knocked. She has no idea what I'm praying on today. Had no idea I was going to talk about this today. But all of a sudden, and all I did was fire back to her, you are smart. You're going to do this. You are awesome. And yes, I agree with you. That was all I said. That was the only text. We didn't even talk anymore about it. But doors started opening. I want you to know what ExpressLube, I worked there seven years and sometimes customers or employees will lock the keys in the car and you're dead. You can't wash cars, cars can't move and the cars are locked up. And 100% of the time when I prayed about it first and asked the Lord to help me, I got in it. When I didn't pray I broke something. I lost the tool in the door. I mean, lots of stuff can go wrong. But I started to recognize a pattern. Now, you would think, Pastor Paul, wouldn't you get it? You'd do it every time. Well, sometimes you just have an emergency, or people are screaming at you, and the alarms are going off everywhere, and you forget. How could you forget that if it's 100% effective? We just do. It just happens. That's this God-first, God-filter can everything that you do have that filter of God to go before you? Whenever Elizabeth and I have challenging situations uh, just in relationship, if I will put a filter before that of God, God give me wisdom, let me not say something stupid because believe me, I do that. Lord, go with me here. Help me be a support to her and help me help her. Show me how to serve her and how to love her but at the same time, You've, you've called me to go in a direction that she may not see that we go in. Help us to see this together. Do you know She didn't even know that I pray it. Do you know that God moves? Maybe he moves in her. Maybe he moves in the circumstance. Regardless, he moves. I'm not praying God help her to see it my way and I want to go my way. No, 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 no. Let me tell you, she, weighs, she, she strengthens me in a way that I can't. I, I don't just want to see it my way. I want to see it her way too. God filter, God first. You married couples, God filter, God first. You need help. Every marriage needs help. You may think you don't, you do. Young marrieds, get help. Get people around you that can help you. Find people that are successful at marriage, godly successful at marriage, and watch what they do. You trying to raise kids? Find the people that's got kids. Not the kids that are running crazy and setting the building on fire. Kids that know how to behave. Kids that are doing well, have good relationships, doesn't mean they don't have challenges. They all do. But how do you handle those challenges? Get help. Quit, going, quit taking you and your family off cliffs without asking for help or asking for wisdom or asking for the Holy Spirit. God wants to help. Man, are y'all with me? Finally, I'm going to close with this one. Judges chapter 20, verse 18. The children of Israel arose and went to the house of God to inquire of God. What did they do? They started asking They started seeking, they started knocking. And they said, we've got a challenge in front of us. We've got a battle in front of us against the house of Benjamin. Who should go first? What what does it say? Judah first. You know what Judah means? It means praise. It means get God out there first. Get the Lord out there first. That is that God filter. Before we go and face any challenge, God will go first. I will get in the word, I will praise the Lord, I will seek him, I will ask for the Holy Spirit, I will ask for wisdom, and then I'm going to go start knocking. And in Jesus' name, Lord, I believe I've abided in your word, I believe I'm following in your word. Now in Jesus' name, doors that have stayed shut this whole time, you open. I command you to open in Jesus' name. There is power when you have the Lord in front of you, behind you, in you, coming out of you. Church, you have in front of you victory. Go take your mountain. Quit letting your mountain take you. Go take your mountain. Go get these challenges behind you so that you can really get into what your purpose, the purpose God has for you. Amen? Y'all stand up with me and let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that your word says that you will lead us and guide us into all truth. As we pray, I just want to say one thing over you, that God God has not equipped you to make every right decision. You are not perfect, but he has equipped you to make the decisions that you make right, to be able to correct them, to be able to, to work through them. Whatever you're facing, there is a way out. There is an answer. Father, in Jesus' name, we make a commitment today to abide in your word. Would you make that commitment? To abide in his word continually without wavering. And Lord, as we do, and we just ask that our asking be effective, that we, as we ask and we seek and we knock, that, Lord, you would answer and that we would find and that... Uh, that you would open. I just speak right now, open doors over Church on the Hill. Open doors, break through, that Church on the Hill be a church that abides in your word. You may be here today and you may say, Pastor, I've never made that first step of receiving Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Right where you sit, call upon the name of the Lord. Just out of your own mouth, Jesus come into my heart I receive you as my Lord and Savior it says that all that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved right where you sit don't wait another moment and then when we dismiss and we open for prayer tell someone tell someone we want to rejoice with you would you abide in the word I want you to know that breakthrough is in your future Open doors in Jesus' name. Everybody said.